Hello, you probably already know that I'm Dan Jones. It says so on the webpage there. I have prepared this talk today to encourage you, to help you to see with the eyes of your heart all that God wants for you. God is favorably disposed toward you, my friend. Don't let the devil tell you that God is your enemy. I have prayed already this morning that this quiet talk will reach your deepest heart and help you see something that maybe you haven't seen before. Do I know you? Have we met? It's great to know that there are people whom I've never seen face-to-face who have become my friends, I put that word in quotes, on social media. Social media is like so many things. It can be used for good and it can be used for evil. But coming in contact with Christian folks around the country and even around the world and having the opportunity to minister to them has been an amazing blessing. God's family is truly very big. I'm glad there's room for everybody. More than once, I've heard people ask this question. Will we know each other in heaven? Will I see my friends and loved ones and know who they are? Know them there as I have known them on earth? The answer to that question is yes. You will know everybody in heaven. In the famous love chapter in 1 Corinthians, Paul writes, For now we see as in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I have been fully known. We will not know less in the next life, but more. The things we don't know then won't be worth knowing. A lady once said to me, But what about people we loved on earth who are not in heaven? Won't we be sad because they were lost? That's a good question. I can't give you any absolute scriptural proof on this, but I have a theory. In the shortest book of the Old Testament, the book of Obadiah, the prophet says that when final judgment comes in the day of the Lord, the wicked shall be as though they had never been. I think that for the ones who are saved, who inherit eternal life, those who rejected God will no longer exist. Somehow God will cause his people to forget those who are lost. It will be then as though they never existed. In that day, God will really be all that matters to us. Now, from our perspective here, that's a horrible prospect. The promise of eternal life is available to all who will surrender to God, confess and forsake their sins, and put all their faith in Jesus Christ and what he accomplished at Calvary. But God has created within us the awesome power to reject him. And it is a sad fact that millions do that. They've been lied to by Satan, and they have believed his lies about God. That's why we should all pray that prayer that Paul prayed in Ephesians 1, 17 to 23. We should pray it for everyone we know and for the whole world. In it, the apostle prays that the eyes of our hearts would be enlightened 
so we could see the wonders of God's plan for us. God wants everybody to know about his plans, plans to give us eternal life in his presence, plans to include us in a world free from evil, sickness, war, hatred. In short, it will be a paradise. There is certainly no doubt that for the redeemed, the next life will be an existence of complete joy. Nothing will mar the perfection of that eternal state of glory in the very presence of God. We will be face to face with our blessed Savior, Jesus Christ, and that will be all that matters. Christ will truly be all and in all. And one of the wonderful features of the next world will be the fact that it will be populated by millions of unique individuals. We won't be clones. God doesn't make those. His creativity is infinite. Each person there will be a unique reflection of God. That was his plan from the beginning of creation to put his image in us. Right now, as I record this, we are in the dead of winter. I'm not a fan of winter. I prefer summer, when the trees are in leaf, when the snow is melted and gone, when the flowers are blooming. I love trees. I can only recognize and identify a few of them. I know an oak tree when I see it, a maple tree, a birch, and of course, pine trees. Sometimes when I'm out walking in the summertime, I look at the trees and am amazed when I think of how many leaves there are on them. Do you ever think weird thoughts like that? And then I think, how many leaves are on all the trees in the whole world? God made every one of them, and each is unique. I hate to go back to the subject of winter here, but every snowflake is unique. How many snowflakes have fallen on the earth since the beginning? Too many for me, but still it is astounding that no two snowflakes are alike. What a God. So friend, if God is that infinitely creative with leaves and snowflakes, it is even more true for human beings made in his image. You are unique. There is nobody else like you on earth, never has been, never will be. Now, snowflakes melt and leaves wither and die and are absorbed into the earth, but God's plan for you is that you live forever. God's plan for you doesn't just involve a new and improved environment. He is continuing to create you. He is working in your life to perfect you. God is in the process of making you to become the person you've always wanted to be. In heaven, he is not going to obliterate your identity, but perfect it. The quiet talk that has gotten by far the most downloads up until now is the one called, Does Anybody Believe in You? I talk there about how God sees us as he is going to make us even if we can't see ourselves that way. In heaven, we will become our perfect 
selves. We will become exactly what God wants us to be. His vision for you will be totally fulfilled. That is very exciting. I think maybe that's what Paul meant when he prayed in that prayer I alluded to a minute ago, that the Ephesians would come to know what is the riches of God's glorious inheritance in the saints. The church came to use the word saint in sort of a specialized way to designate certain people who really stood out before others in the way they lived as Christians. But in the Bible, all are addressed as saints. Are you a saint? That's what you're called, at least by people like Paul, who wrote a third of the New Testament. The word saint means holy one. I'm not too holy, you might be thinking, but God sees you that way. The reason God sent Jesus into this world, the reason he delivered up his only son to abuse and suffering and death is that you might become holy, that you might be a saint. In the amazing book of Daniel in the Old Testament, the prophet talks about the resurrection. He writes, Multitudes who sleep in the dust of the earth will awake, some to everlasting life, others to shame and everlasting contempt. Those who are wise will shine like the brightness of the heavens, and those who lead many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever. Just like leaves and just like snowflakes, every star is unique. Those who are wise, in other words, those who gave their lives to Christ and allowed him to do his redemptive work in them will shine like stars forever. What a beautiful picture of what eternity will be like. You, the one and only you, will shine with all the saints in that glory that God will share with us all because of Jesus. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much that you made me. I thank you for my creation and for all of those listening, Lord, indeed for all of the people that you have created on this planet. You have created us, Lord, to shine in your image. You put the image of God in us. Unfortunately, sin and rebellion and disobedience has marred that image but it's still there down deep, covered by layers of sin and evil. But yet Jesus came to remove the sin, to remove the evil, to absorb it all into his holy self, his holy soul, and remove it as far as the east is from the west from us. God encouraged people today listening to my voice that they are a unique expression of God, that God has not finished making them yet, and that one day in your presence they will become that perfect version of themselves, the person they always wanted to be, they will become because of the grace and the power and the love of our God expressed through his precious Son, 
the Lord Jesus Christ, in whose name I pray. Amen. My friend, again, I would ask you to communicate with me, and I am getting away from the sending out the Facebook messengers. There's so many of those friends I have there, as I mentioned, uh, so many friends that it takes such a long time, and I do two of these talks a week now. So if uh, you give me your email address, I would love to be able to uh, send you that message, and I can do that everybody at once to notify you of new Quiet Talks. And so I would appreciate if you would email me at father.danjones at outlook.com. God bless you.